Hi friends. Hello, hello. You're listening to I'm Sorry with the podcast with Ashley Sleek. It's just like I showed up to your house, bottle of wine in hand with like 45 to an hour of juicy ass gossip to talk about. Like who doesn't want to do that? Hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry What the Podcast. I'm Ashley Sleek, and it has been a whirlwind of a week. Let me just tell you, emotionally, she's so unstable. I mean, like, honestly, I'm kind of on the up and up. Let's let's be real. But can I keep it a thousand with you guys? Valentine's Day accidentally fucked my shit up. And I know I came out here like I feel like I had to start with this because I came in hot. Like I came in bad bitch hot. And then what happened? Then what happened? I went and like didn't bad bitch that shit up. And listen, here's the deal is that I recognize that like in reality, when it comes to Valentine's Day and my singlehoodness, like, yes, Jimmy and I broke up like right before Valentine's Day. But in like last year, Scotland and I were together. So it was kind of like, I guess this was my first full like non-dramatic boring single bitch Valentine's Day and I got lonely as fuck like I don't even know what came over me but it was like beep beep the sad bitch express is here party of one and I just couldn't believe it I don't even think it was just like honestly it wasn't just like a single moment it was like all this shit was happening. I was so fucking sick. There was drama at work, which is fine. But, you know, it's not like, oh, my God, I'm dying over this drama. But, you know, when something happens and you just feel like it's the end of the world and in reality, it's not like that's just everything was that for me. Like all week, everything was the end of the world. And you know what? I kept waiting. I was like, there's no way this doesn't end with like the little red devil coming to see me. Like there's no fucking way I'm just crazy like this and I'm not on my period. And so far, like that's not what's happening. But I'm like, okay, well, excuse me. Hello. Why are you so nuts? I don't know. And I felt like I had to like share it because it was, I'll say this. It was pretty easy to kind of talk myself down because of, you know, like everything that I said in the last episode of the podcast, like I was really excited for Valentine's day. It is this really big, like self love day for me. Like I am really proud of myself for, you know, choosing me and blah, 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 bad bitch express. But I just, I don't know. I had a sad bitch moment, you guys. And then it just kind of like coasted through the week. And I was just like sad, angry. You know, those times where you're like, if anybody looks at me wrong, I will throw eggs at them. Like that was just me. She was so bitchy. It was unbelievable. I try to keep it to myself, though. I feel like I did a relatively good job. Like I didn't like lash out at anybody. I was like, you're fine. Just like kind of bitch inward, you know. But what I will say is I lacked was I didn't really do any of my tools. One time I like I, I finally tapped into the journaling and that helped a lot. But I wish I would have like gone out and done my wall ball. It's just like I was feeling so sick. And I think I was just angry about how sick I was feeling, because as we all know, if you're if this is your first time listening to the podcast. Hi. Hello. Welcome. I hope I've not deterred you with my crazy bitchness yet. But I have, you know, been battling with my chronic illnesses. I mean, my whole life. But I would say since August, it's been just like an extra long journey. And so I talked to my doctor on Wednesday and I've been all excited because they're putting me on this new medication. Of course, nobody could tell me how much it costs because like, fuck me. Also, I just want to like make it known, like in case you didn't think I was struggling. Um, my out of pocket is four grand. It is at this moment, February like 20th, you know, around that time. And uh, I have hit my out of pocket already. Like that's how much money 
I've spent like I've I'm which is great because you might be thinking, oh, good. What are you complaining about? Like now you don't have to pay anymore. I hear you. However, this is my story. And I'd like to bitch about the fact that like I have already spent that much money and that wasn't even including the CT scan. So when I say she is balling on an irregular budget, she is balling on an irregular budget. It is a struggle fest. So anyways, this whole thing was so that way I could get on this new medication because I think the medication that I'm on right now is what's making me so goddamn nauseous. So I jump on the phone with a doctor. I'm like all pumped for this. I'm like, OK, I've got this. It's a new IV medication. So I'm back to being that tragic girl with the IV in her arm. But whatever. She's living. She's thriving. And I'm like, OK, so when do I get to stop, you know, the medication that I'm on? He's like, oh, well, you're not going to. I'm like, I'm sorry. What did you just say? Like, I'm sorry. What? No. And he said that, you know, I have to stay on it. So I'm going to stay on. I'm going to be on both medications for six months. Then I get another colonoscopy and then maybe it will show that I can be off the other medication. I'm like, bitch, I can't do another fucking six months. I was like, I literally looked at him dumbfound. Uh, I'm sorry. What look was like very apparent. I was I, I genuinely could not believe what I was hearing. I thought I was coasting. I thought I was like in the clear, like we're good, like. We're going to start this medication. Everything's fine. No, no, no. And you know what? Let me just tell you this to my friends listening. This is why you ask questions. <laughs> I would say one of my f- downfalls, even though it's ironic because one of my favorite things to do is like interviewing. And I feel like if you're my friend, you know, I ask a lot of questions. But one of my like flaws in the business and like apparently medical world, it's like asking a bunch of questions. I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like I heard what I needed to hear. I'm good. Like I am a fuck boy. Like when it comes to like work and shit, apparently I have fuck boy mentality and I'm like, sure, sure, sure. I heard you. Like we're good. Like golden. It's fine. Uh, yeah. So I didn't know that I was going to have to get off. And I just looked at him and I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I said, sir, my quality of life is bullshit. Like I am in so much pain. I'm like crawling my ass to do anything. I've had to cancel so many things. Like I'm the kind of bitch who had weekend plans and weekday plans. Like I would give myself like two days and I'm not saying that's the best way to live. And I definitely don't think I could do that again. And that was a good life lesson, but I've learned the lesson. The lesson has been learned. So let's move on from this tragic drama, you know? And he's like, well, maybe we could do four months. And I'm like, sir, you are killing me. Like my excitement level is like from, you know, zero to two. Like I just I can't. And, um, you know, he just really ruined everything for me. And I just I hate that for him. Um, he's a really nice guy. I mean, it's fine. But what the fuck, you know? So now I'll be starting this new medication this upcoming Friday. And then I stay on the other one. I'm just hoping that magically it all just works and I feel better because like, no, this is so annoying. Nausea is the worst. Pregnant people, can I talk to you for a minute? Are you okay? Are you okay? Because we talk about morning sickness like so casually. You know what I mean? We're like, oh, yeah, she's got morning sickness. It's fine. No, it's not. No, it's not. We don't talk about you enough. Nausea is the worst. And I don't think you're getting enough credit. Like you're growing a human inside of you and it's literally making you sick. And we don't give you enough credit. I'm not growing a human inside of me, so I don't have to deal with that aspect. But the nausea is killer. I can't imagine like being nauseous and then also being like, there's a human in me. You know what I mean? That's just too much. It's just too much. I don't think we give pregnant people enough credit. Pregnant people, teachers and nurses, underrepresented. Service industry people, also underrepresented. I'm just saying. I'm 
just getting very passionate about everything right now. Um, but anyways, okay, so let me just say, I I meant everything I said in the last episode, and I really hope it helped you. And I, but I also just wanted you to know that Valentine's Day did also make me sad, and I did feel lonely, and I had all the stereotypical feels, and so I get it, and I think that it's okay for both those things to exist in the same world. Like I can bad bitch my way through Valentine's Day, and I can also cry because crying does not mean weakness. So it does not mean that like, you know, whatever. It's just, it's one of those things where you're kind of like, oh yeah. But you know what's fun about Valentine's Day? Then it's over. And like the next day, I mean, I like I said, I've been a bitch all fucking week, but it's fine. We're on to a new week. I feel a lot better. But you know, I didn't feel as like tragic the next day. I was just like, I mean, you were being a little dramatic and that's fine. Now we're over it. So what what I've been spending most of my time doing is watching The Last Swing, which should not surprise anybody. If you know me, I love watching golf. Actually, that's not a very well-known fact. So let me back that shit up. For those of you who don't know, I enjoy watching golf. I find it like very dramatic. I find it just so fascinating because like your game can change so quickly. Like you think you're winning and then you're not. And I just that stresses me out and it interests me. So I don't know what to say about that. So uh, the last swing is this new documentary. Oh, and the second thing is obviously documentaries. So it's new doc on, on Netflix. And I don't know a lot of players of the game when it comes to golf because I do watch it with my dad. And I've there there was a game that, that was showed in an episode and I was like, oh, my God, I remember that guy. He was wearing um, a bucket hat with like cancer crossed out in it. And I love him. His episode's great. Of course, I didn't write down anyone's name, but like I have so many thoughts this is the first one that fucking kills me. So I don't I don't know how every other sport shows up, but I just thought it was so funny that these like golfers who are making like millions of dollars and are like famous within their like, you know, realm. Right. Like they drive themselves to the golf tournament and then they have to roll down their window and like say who they are. Like it just it's so human like, it looks like they literally show up and it looks like when I went golfing with my brother-in-law. Like, I, he, literally, he's rolling down the window like, yep, it's Matt. Um, Here we go. Like, playing around a golf. You know what I mean? He's just parking and then walking up. Like, that's what these dudes are doing. And then they get, they lose, right? So, like, and I say this lightly, but, like, they get spanked. Like, they lose badly. And then they just walk to their car and they have to get in their car and leave. Like, these bitches are driving themselves home. I guess, listen, here's my situation is that like I watch award shows. So I'm watching Miley Cyrus arrive in her like, you know, Escalade to the show. So like I'm thinking that everybody shows up to sports, you know, either in like a fancy bus or at least someone's driving them. But these guys are just like casually driving themselves in and then having to tell someone who they are. Like this guy just won millions of dollars and he's like, yep, I'm Brad. Let me in. Roll me in. I just thought it was fucking hilarious. The other shady ass thing about golf, which I find fascinating, is that um, there's a cusp where you like make money. So like I feel I don't know much about the world of professional sports. Obviously, I'm just getting into it. But like especially the money side. But I feel like everybody on the team is like making some money. Like, you know, when you go to the game, you're making money. When you show up to a golf tournament, there is no guarantee. Zero that your ass is going to get paid. So if you like don't make a certain cut, 
Like, I think it's half or something, like half the people. If you don't make it over this line with your score by like the second day or something, and some of it's like the first day, your ass is going home poor as fuck. And these bitches are rolling in on their private fucking jets. Like they're rolling like literally private jet style showing up losing and then not getting paid. That is some fucking spicy ass shit right there. And then golf is all like a mental game, you know, it's just like it's just so funny. My favorite thing, too, is that in two of the episodes, so I'm almost done, which I think I'll have like a more full recap when I'm done watching the entire series, but I'm almost done right now. And one of the funniest things is that at least on two or three of the episodes, they show the guys like playing basketball. And I get it because, listen, in the iconic movie High School Musical 2, we see Zac Efron's character, Troy Bolton, who is the star of the basketball team and also the star of the musicale. He goes to the country club and suddenly he's also good at golf. So you would think, okay, because of Troy Bolton, obviously golf and basketball like they relate. However, the answer is no, because they show these fuckers playing basketball and not a single one made a hoop. And I don't know if Netflix was just being shady as fuck about this, but like, it was so fucking funny to watch these guys like try to ball out and it just like wasn't working. Um, <laughs> so the first episode, here's my gripe with the first episode. They call it frenemies. And obviously I'm like, I can't say this. This statement is probably not true, but I'm going to say it anyways. Obviously they did not run this title by a female. I feel like females, we created frenemies and we should get the street cred that we deserve. Frenemies are those people that you're like, oh, you know, like I like them. And I will invite them to a party out of obligation. But in reality, I fucking hate this person. I can't stand them. And I wish they would say no. Okay, like a frenemy doesn't really have a friendship base. It's more like a situational base. And you're like, I really could do without this person in my life. But I have to be nice to them for A, B or C reason. So the first episode's called Frenemies. And I'm like juicy, but also nerve wracking because we all know I hate watching Friends Fight. And it's about these two white boys who like literally look the same. And they are best friends. They like grew up together and they play golf against each other. And like, that's so juicy, so fun. They like ride on their private jets together. Like one of them is the best man, the other one's wedding and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh no, like they're obviously going to fight. Like they obviously secretly don't like each other. But I was like, no, but they don't because now they're flying together and they did play against each other. And then one of them beat the other one. And that was cool. But they're not like enemies. Like there was no juicy drama between the two of them. And I was like, well, why did you build it up for me with frenemies? And then they're just friends. Like, I'm trust me, I'm happy about it. But I just feel like it's a little bit of false advertising because in no way are they enemies. Like they're literally just friends who golf against each other, which as I am coming to learn is a very like regular thing in the male species. Like I know women do it, too. So I'm not trying to isolate us because like, fuck, yeah, lady golfers and ladies who do anything, honestly. But like they're just growing out and they both happen to be like really good. What I didn't like and this really upset me when I talked to my dad. So one of the guys, honestly, and their names are Jordan and Justin. It's like, you guys, I need something to distinguish amongst you two. Like, I just fucking can't. Like, it's too much. So I don't know who's who. I think Jordan's the one who ended up winning it. And historically, Justin was winning everything. And and then it's like from Justin to Jordan would have been a better name for this episode, but it's fine. Um, and, you know, the other guy who never really wins, he ends up winning it. And that's the fun thing about golf. He was like way behind. And he like creeped his way up and won. And I just love that shit. I love a comeback. So, um, 
you know, what I didn't like was the friend didn't stick around. I get it that you lost, but like you still made money and this is your friend. And maybe it's just like I grew up losing a lot. Um, and I say that 1000% with every truth in the book that I played for losing teams almost my whole life. And after a game, like I would watch like the men's team or something. I mean, I usually had a Slurpee with a little bit of vodka in it, but like I would still like I would go and support other teams that they were my friends. You know what I mean? And like he could have had a vodka Slurp and like, fucking watched his friend and like, yeah, I'm sad that I win. But then he won his like masters or whatever. There's so many fucking tournaments and trophies, by the way. It's very confusing. But like he won this big game and then he was like, yeah, we were rooming together, but you know, we like stayed at the same house, but he ended up leaving. It's like suck it the fuck up and be there for your friend. So I'm telling my dad this. And then we get into later episodes and they're talking about the two Chilean um, golfers that are playing. So they like grew up playing together and whatever. And that's exactly what happened is one of the Chilean guys was like winning and the other one stuck around and watched. And I was like, see, this is what I'm saying. Like, I understand that you're pissed and I get it. But like, this is your best friend. You're his best man. Like stick around and watch the fucking game. Now that part, I was like, fine, frenemies. But like, be there for your friends. I just get honestly, the basketball stuff was really what was like absolutely sending me. I just thought that was like the funniest part in the whole world. And it just cracked me the fuck up. Um, <laughs> so anyways, I've been watching a lot of The Last Swing and it is what it is. Uh, OK, so I'm going to combine and ask Ashley with my TikTok corner because I kept seeing this on TikTok and I felt like I want to talk about it. So I'm sorry I missed a couple questions this week, but like I just really want to talk about this. Um, it's that. OK, so people keep saying like, oh, do you want to know who your real friends are? Get pregnant. Do you want to know who your real friends are? Lose your job. Do you want to know who your real friends are? Get in a car accident. You want to know who your real friends are? Trip over a dog and see what happens like. Everything's so fucking dramatic and listening. I get the concept. OK, I get the concept like your real friends will be there for you. Blah, blah, blah. I hear you. But like, can I just say that this is setting this precedent that like you are never going to know who your real friends are until you go to like some traumatic ass situation. And as someone who's been through a few traumatic ass situations in her life, I do know from those who my friends are. However, can I offer some simpler explanations maybe that aren't so damning to find out who your real friends are? Like it's pretty much as simple as just being yourself and seeing if they like that person. I think that's really like if I had to sum up the recipe for like how to, you know, be a friend and get friends and that shit, like just be yourself and see if if you vibe. You know what I mean? Like, I know there's all these little things that people say. And one of the ones that's hard for me is like, if they're talking shit to you, they're probably talking shit to other people. And I'm like, it's hard for me because I talk a lot of shit. I'm gonna be honest. I don't necessarily think it makes me a bad friend. I think that like everybody needs to vent and it happens. You find your safe people. Be smart about it. That's my mistake is like, you know, sometimes you talk to the wrong people. But like, you know, I. but truly, if someone's like only if someone this is how I break down shit talking. OK, this is a little off topic, but this is what I told my girlfriend about it the other day. I forgot that we had this conversation. So it reminded me. I said, here's how, you know, if the only thing that somebody is talking to you about is shit talking and gossip like they're not it. If they can't have a conversation with you about like, I don't know, like work or your wedding or your family or like, I don't know, the color of the sky or like what shoes they're wearing like anything else if every single time you're talking to this person the only thing coming out of their mouth 
is shit talk, shit talk, shit talk, run, run from that bitch. They're not interesting and they don't like they also probably are talking shit about you. Yes, because they clearly can't find anything else to talk about. OK, however, if like everybody just needs to casually vent every once in a while. So like you don't need to be put in a box. This is me defending myself. So no one puts me in a box. But like it is what it is. OK, so truly, though, the way to know that you have real friends is like just to like be yourself and set your boundaries. That's like the second thing is like, don't be afraid to tell somebody like, hey, I don't want to, I don't think I want to talk about this right now. Or if you are somebody who doesn't like, like even hearing venting or gossiping or whatever you want to call it, tell your friend that. And then if they continue to do it, then, then they're a bad friend. I say, give it a leeway. Some people takes a little bit for them to learn, but like if no one's respecting your boundaries, like that's it. And of course these big things, they'll tell you for sure. Like getting married. Yes. Like for sure. On the flip side, being somebody's bridesmaid, you know what I mean? You learn a lot. Let me just say, I've learned a lot being everybody's, uh, bridesmaids. I, I, totally have different appreciations for friendships and things like that. But like we also don't need to go through the biggest life lessons to to learn if your friends are your friends. It's like it's going to be OK. We don't need to put everybody to the test all the time. It's like, how about just hang out with them? And when you get home, do you feel better or do you feel worse? Do you go you know what? I had a really great time and I needed that. And I'm excited to see that person again, even if it's a couple months from now, like I'm excited. Or do you go, you know what? That fucking sucked. And I wish I never had to do that. And then you have to call someone and tell them how much it sucked. Like, I don't know. That seems like a pretty good indicator to me. You can simply grab a drink with somebody. So you don't need to go like, you know, have a baby just to find out or get laid off from work or like get hit by a car. You can also find out simply by being yourself, setting boundaries, and then being real with yourself after you hang out with them and see how the fuck you're feeling. Hi, friends. I am so excited about a new segment on the podcast called Ask Ashley. This isn't totally new in the world of Ashley Sleek Incorporated, of course, because my very first blog I had was called Ask Ashley, and I absolutely love doing it, and I'm so excited to be bringing it to the podcast. But the only way it has mad success is if you all share your juicy questions with me. So please submit your questions. You can do it anonymously on my Instagram, at Ashley Sleek, Ashley with two E's, of course. Click the link in my bio and there's a Google form. I promise you it is anonymous because listen, maybe I try to sneakily see if I can see who submitted questions. I cannot. So please, please, please submit there. Or if you don't care about being anonymous, you can submit via your email on my website at ashleysleek.com. I am so excited to hear your questions and I love you so much. Okay, bye. Okay, so I have such a fun dating update for you all today because I got to have a, uh, you know, a, a more serious conversation with the otter, which we love. We love a serious convo. Always the best. But basically what happened was like that I was let me let me back up. So I would say that I've been dating the otter a lot differently than I have dated in the past. And what I mean by that is just that, like, I am very conscious of not like overthinking everything, trying to figure out like, what are we going to be? Are we going to work? Like, how's the future going to look like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, and it's it's normal to do those things. And I catch myself doing them all the time. However, I do it so early that I never enjoy it. Like even when I was dating Mr. Gorgeous, I remember I went to see Ryan and Julie right after and we went on our first date and I was like, oh, my God, I had so much fun. I was like, OK, so we like live apart. Like 
I don't know, like maybe I'll see you guys more because I can come visit and we, blah, blah, blah. Like trying to figure out how I was going to make this work in the future. And Julie's like, why don't you just like enjoy it? Like you went on one date, like, like, you know, she didn't tell me to relax, but like, you know, relax. And I didn't learn my lesson then. It took me like dating multiple times and like kind of always, you know, I would say with Scotland, it was a little bit different, obviously, because I felt the need to really figure out if I could do our future because there was like a kid involved. Do you know what I mean? And I don't have any regrets on that, but it was just different. But I do feel like it made things, you know, a lot more serious, a lot quicker. I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. It's just different. So when it was came to the otter and I remember I was like, fuck, am I going to be able to do this? Like, are we going to find time for each other? Blah, blah. I was like, you know what? Why don't you just sit back and enjoy it and have the conversation when you feel like you're ready, but like just have fun. So these last couple months, I've just been genuinely enjoying his company, having a really fucking great time. And then, you know, it might have had something to do with how goddamn grumpy I was this week. I don't know. But I felt like, okay, I'm ready. I felt like, okay, I am having more serious feelings for him. I just want to know, like, where we're at, what he's looking for. So we got to have the whole, like, what are you looking for conversation, which was fun. And and like I said, I said this on TikTok and I mean it. This is not like to say this is how you should date. Everybody should date their own way. If there's one thing that I'm learning is that I'm going to continue to give advice. I'm going to tell you what worked for me. But just remember that every relationship is different. I mean, exactly what I'm saying here about like with um, Scotland. Like I I don't think that I think that we did it exactly right. Like I think it being more serious was necessary for that specific kind of relationship. And I think me sitting back, enjoying and taking in like just what is with the otter really like benefited because I just I really needed to remember what it was like to have fun with someone like what it was like to not be so stressed about everything because you know when you I feel like your first boyfriend after having such a five-year serious long-term relationship it's like I got out of my relationship with Jimmy being like I was gonna marry that man so then now I'm like, I want to get married like, you know, and we all know we all know I'm like fucking out on the husband hunt. So obviously I still want to get married, but it's just like I'm not a, I wasn't as focused on like, is this going to be my husband? I was like, is this someone that I want to spend time with? And so far, the answer has been yes. But I did start to feel like, you know, I started to feel like, okay, am I putting in more effort? Like, I'm starting to feel like it's not equal. So, um, you know, he happened to have Monday off. I had Monday off. So he came down. He's like, well, let's. And I I said, I was like, I really want to have this conversation. And by the way, I'm telling you this in such a cool tone. And we all know that this is not how I handled it. I was like, okay, so I just want to see if you want to have a conversation. Like, I fucking dribbled this shit up. I was so anxious. And I literally said, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm at an anxiety 12 right now, but I just need to get this out. And, you know, it was really nice. He like talked call me down and it was great. He's like, no, I'm here to like make sure you feel comfortable. Like I'm not going to shy away from a conversation with you. Like let's have it. And he, and I was like, well, you're off. Like now I want to have this big conversation. He's like, well, let's go have lunch. Let's have fun. And then let's have this conversation. So I kept like putting it off because I was so nervous. I was like, I don't know. I feel like what if he says like, you know, I, I just can't do this. This is too much. This is not what I'm looking for, blah, blah, blah. And then we ended up having the conversation. It was great. I told him everything that I was feeling, which I think is really important. I mean, I left out the fact that like I was an absolute psychopath on Valentine's Day because I really didn't feel like that needed to be told to him. But I did also give him permission to listen to the podcast. So I guess he's going to hear it now anyways. But I want to be clear that it's like it wasn't him. It was just like, oh, yeah, like I'm by myself today. Like and 
this sucks. Like, you know, I feel like I mostly blame DoorDash for continually sending me messages like, get dinner with your sweetie, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, DoorDash, fuck off. I'm alone. So, um, and I, and a Dash Pass. I'm not even ordering from you anyways. Uh, (laughs) So anyways, uh, it was just really nice. I talked about, you know, like what I'm looking for in a future relationship, like, you know, more of how I feel we're going right now and like things that like really setting my boundaries of like, this is my expectation. Like, can you meet it? And he was like, your demands are not crazy. They're totally valid. Like, let's fucking do this. So we are going to continue on those terms. We're going to like evaluate. It's like a um, almost a business proposal. We're going to evaluate in a month, see how we're both feeling, and then we can have the like what are we exclusivity conversation. So um, was, that part wasn't really something I like necessarily needed or wanted to have at the time. I just really wanted to get to the like, what are you looking for? Let's make sure like we're headed in the same direction. Like we both want like a partner, like we both want a boyfriend, girlfriend after this, like, you know, and this is what it looks like to me. And this is what it looks like to you. And, you know, and end up really working out. So for something that I was so fucking stressed over for like 12 days. I'm just kidding. It wasn't 12. It was like it felt like 12. It was like four days and ended up being really great. And I think that that right there is something that's so important. Just like I said, with how, you know, you have real friends is like just be yourself and set boundaries and see what happens. Like I feel the exact same way in a relationship because they are the same. It's like you're trying to date your like best friend or whatever, you know. So I just thought it was really cool to be able to have this conversation and feel so open. And I was so comfortable. And I just like as someone who's dated a lot, you know, Um, I have to say that one of the most important things is that comfort because you can't fake it. You absolutely cannot fake that level of comfortability. Like it was just so nice and I feel so great about it. And like, who knows what's going to happen? Like now it's kind of okay. let's put it into action what we talked about and Hopefully it goes really great and we stay, you know, together. Um, But yeah, and most importantly, the most important part of this whole thing, obviously, is that, yes, he did watch High School Musical with me last night and it was his idea. Well, I'm recording this um, Tuesday morning, but uh, yeah, I uh, I I was we are at home. You know, we had our big talk. We didn't make plans because I was like, literally, this is what I said to him. I was like, okay, yeah, we can just like we'll have lunch and then we'll come back and then it'll be fun. Like, so we'll either break up or we'll hang out. And he's like, yeah, we'll either, I'll either leave sad or we will cheers to being on the same page. And I was like, wonderful. And the whole day I was like, only a couple hours till we like break up. You know, I think I was just like anxiously joking and then we didn't, which was fun. And then we're like, okay, well, what the fuck do we do with the rest of the night now? And he's like, well, do you want to watch High School Musical? And I was like, I mean, fucking obviously I want to watch High School Musical. So we watched High School Musical one. And he's like, I will. He's like, I'm going to watch all three. Because I said, I was like, the third one's my favorite. So if we're only going to do one, he's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm watching all three. And he said that he didn't hate it as much as he thought he was going to. And that is a win, my friends. That is a W for Ashley. Like, and you know what? He he literally quoted to me. He was like, get your head in the game. And he quoted, we're all in this together. And he's like, you know what? You know, he understood Sharpay. He was like, you know, this girl's got attitude and I can see why you love her so much. And I'm like, I really come to love her in the third movie. But like, yes. So um, he will be on to watching the second movie 
whenever we can again. And then the third. And yeah, we made the, made it through the big accomplishment. So we had a big talk and then we watched High School Musical. So we really checked a lot of my big boxes. And what I'm learning from the situation is something that I think was hard for me in all my relationships was to not be afraid to ask for what I wanted and to be honest. And like the right person is going to like just validate your feelings and make you feel supported and like quote unquote negotiate with you. We were talking about having our lawyers there, you know, Um, but uh, it it overall went really well. And it definitely, like I said, I think, um, you know, no matter what happens, I am going to be so grateful for this like relationship and whatever you want to call it and all the fun things that I'm learning. And I'm just overall right now, I'm just really happy. I'm so glad it worked out. I'm so glad we didn't quote unquote breakup. And uh, yeah, so wrapping it up with my I'm sorry, what moment of the week? Um, I saw this also like on TikTok a couple places and it's just one of my least favorite, um, you know, quotes is people would kill for this opportunity. It's like when you are complaining about work and it's happened to me where I was like bitching about work and someone said to me, like, you're just so ungrateful, like people would kill for this opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I just want it to be known that I don't think complaining is being like ungrateful when it comes to a workplace, because I'll catch myself be like, I mean, I'm really grateful for a job. And everyone's like, yeah, 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 we know. But it's like sometimes you just need to vent shit out. And I think that people will kill for this opportunity is the mindset that gets people to take lower pay to end up, you know, doing things that they normally wouldn't do to feel like they're powerless. Like it's a power move to tell someone like, oh, people would kill for your opportunity. So like shut the fuck up and be grateful and don't ask for shit. And I just feel like that's not the atmosphere that the Gen Zers are creating. And we as millennials and older need to like jump on board with them and be like, I am aware I'm appreciative it like like be appreciative be aware be proud of yourself be grateful for the opportunities that you have but you do not need to be bullied into that like you don't need to be bullied into feeling like you have the greatest opportunity in the world you know how you feel you know you're excited you know that you like are going to thrive you know you're going to do great things and be proud of yourself do that shit but don't let somebody else be like Hey, I w- someone would kill for this opportunity. So like get your shit together. No, fuck that. You be proud of you. And OK, you know what? You want to kill for the opportunity? Do it. Let's see it. Put it through the test. Go murder somebody. Guess what? You're going to be in jail. You're not going to fucking be there. It's just I just hate this whole, you know, idea that we can't complain about things that make us happy. You know how I know that's not true? Have you ever sat around with your married friends? Have you ever sat around? Have you ever sat in a circle? Have you ever had a girl's night with your married friends? Huh? You're going to tell me you're going to sit around with your married girlfriends and they never complain about their husbands and wives. Never. You never hear like Billy left the toilet seat up again. I'm going to fucking kill him or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like you never and you know that at the end of the day, that's a good thing. You know, at the end of the day, that's a good thing. They are happy to be married. I mean, most people are happy to be married, but their partner annoys them. You're living with another human being 24 seven. And that's wild. And so that's how I know that you can complain about good things and they're still good things. She's still going to go home to her husband and be happy and be grateful that he's there. But yeah, it annoys her that he opens the fucking cabinets and leaves them open. Like, it's fine. I just think that we need to stop like making people feel like shit for just having an event. Because the thing is, when you hold all that shit in, it's going to come out and it's probably going to be worse than what you attended if you would have just like 
said how you felt. You know what I mean? So anyways, be you. Say your shit. I believe in you. And I'm so sorry. This is a thir- another quick 30 minute episode. I um, am getting prepped to head to a conference for work. So I was like, do I do an episode? Do I not? But I really wanted to get it out. Um, not like get it out. But like, you know, I just felt like I had fun things to talk about. I wanted to share about the otter. And I just I hate spending a week without you guys. So I was like, OK, I'm gonna do a quick little 30 minutes. The people will still love it. Um, I'll be back, of course, next week with probably a full hour long episode and all the good updates. But um, thank you so much for listening. I love you so much. I'm so proud of you for everything that you've done in life, you know, and, you know, I am feeling extra sunshiny today. I uh, think it will probably be my post that I share, but I've been reading the um, the Sunshine Mind by Tanya Rad and Raquel Stevens. So Tanya Rad is a... Uh, amazing radio host she works uh with ryan seacrest and then raquel is that the blonde girl from selena gomez's documentary that people hated for no fucking reason well they wrote a book about you know being like sunshiny and live life like that and it's really really great and you know i will say this i was i'm only a couple chapters in it's like more pages and i really like the words that they're saying it's very uh god heavy which is not necessarily my thing so like whenever i want to appreciate something and it's a lot about god i try to like switch to the universe like when they say god you know because that's kind of my thing but Overall, especially if you are religious or looking to be religious, I think this is a great book for you. But I'll give a full book report when I finish it. But anyways, it's been it's been great to read things that like just make you happy. And I feel like when you come off a bitchy week, that's like you're thriving. So I feel great. I'm going to go get my laundry out and get ready for this great week of conference. And I'll be back talking to you all next week. I love you so, 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 so much. Don't forget, please like, comment, subscribe to this podcast. I've got champagne goals of hitting a certain number. So if you want to help me do that, I would love you. And please give me a follow on TikTok and Instagram at Ashley Sleek. That's Ashley with two E's. Okay. I love you so much. Okay. Bye.